Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Friday. You're listening to Aerial View worldwide on the internet. No tricks now, Chris. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice on the tape and it really put the hook in me. I have broadcast many, many times Shortwave on both the light program and the home sports. Hey, buddy. Nice to stay in New Jersey and I don't care who you are. Chris, you get out of school. Let's talk. I'm sick of talking. I know how to talk to people. That's clear as a mother's old bell. You might have this man go on the air, deliver a coded message. Shut up, little man. You're out of your mind. No, I'm not out of my mind. Oh, come on now. We're going to listen to what he said. He's on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, is talk show time against a man's life. And I don't see that in any argument. I can see you're really upset about this. It's all right. It's okay. Hello. Something to live for. Do you speak English, son? serious responsibility. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Stupid. The things he says are so moronic. 
He doesn't pronounce his words normally. His spacings are odd. He slurs it sometimes. There's an arrogance in there. Todd Norlander, special invited guest. Hey. I'm going to have to have you back when this shit works! <laughs> you know, well, you know, we'll see if I have enough to even carry uh, 45 minutes. Uh... Yeah, you know, so so the, the the point of all this was to have you on to talk about uh, you, and yeah. uh, you're you're just back from Ecuador, right? Yeah, man. And so what what was the uh, impetus of the trip to Ecuador? Well, you know, it was just a you know a confluence of a lot of things. You know, I, I got my stimulus check, and I don't need anything. I, I don't buy like objects and stuff. Uh, although you have some wonderful stuff here, but. But, you know, I, I wanted to use the, the money for travel. And I have a lot of friends that wanted to visit. One of my good friends, uh, Rocky, Rocky Reason, uh, she and I used to do music together. She's an amazing musician, rapper, um, has been living down in Ecuador for a number of years now. And she invited me down and it's like, yeah, you know, I've done, I've been to Africa, Asia, Europe, and uh, America, but um, I've never been to South America, so... You know, the time was right, and uh, yeah, it was it was beautiful. It was great. I mean, traveling during the the COVID plague is difficult, but um, once I was down there, it was paradise. Uh, so how long were you there for? Just, just almost exactly a month. Uh, I was in the town of Vilcabamba, which is just south of the equator, but it's up in the mountains, so. The, you know, it's really temperate, you know, never goes below 50 degrees, a little cool at night, never goes above 70. I, I mean, today in Saugerties, it's almost 90 degrees, and it was like way hotter than, you know, any day I spent in Ecuador. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty warm here today, I'll say that. Uh, and uh, it's going to be warm again tomorrow, but uh, the store is going to be open if you want to come by. Um, come and see us at 106 Partition Street in Saugerties. And uh, the store is called That Cave. It's under Pop Vintage, my cousin's store. And that's where uh, Todd and I are gathered around a laptop screaming into its microphones. Yeah. Uh, if you saw how much equipment I have piled up here, too, it's it's a tragedy. It really is. It's a tragedy. Yeah. This is... I watched uh, I watched the Nova last night about the Hindenburg. They found they found you know it, 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 some guy was shooting from a different angle in 1937. Some guy named Shank, I think his last name was, and apparently this film has sort of been lost to time for many many years. And they they discovered it, and um, this is like it's this is not on par with the Hindenburg disaster, but. Can I just say, oh, the humanity anyway? It's is that the okay? blimp. It's the blimp. It's the, the nose blimp. has a crimp. <laughs> the blimp uh, has a crimp. Uh, so uh, let's tell people who you are, first of all. I mean, I met you probably uh, 30 years ago. How long ago would you say yeah, we I, met? I, I can, like, pinpoint it, although I don't have a date. It was like, used to be a... a a t-shirt salesman uh, that was your like gig at the time and I used to listen to your show Aerial View at my comic store I mean my my comic store in Brooklyn Heights St. Mark's Comics uh, we just listened to FMU the whole time the store was open 
And um, it was special on Friday nights to listen to Aerial View. We, I, I would be getting off at 6, and we'd all come and listen to your show. And Right. You radio, you mother. And you had, had this thing on your show where you wanted to... Uh, Kurt Cobain had just died and you wanted to capitalize on it, you know, in an ironic way. And I came up with the t-shirt, uh, Kurt Cobain died and went to heaven and all I got was his t-shirt. And didn't you, I print those up? I have a you, vague memory of you printed them up and you later said it was one of your best selling t-shirts. So I went to, I guess it was the second record fair FMU it was at the Elks, Elks Lodge on Washington street. And I went to went on the Sunday to see Jonesy, and back in the back room, you were there with your T-shirts, and I was like, "Hey, man, I was I was the guy who like, you know, suggested this uh, T-shirt. You sold said Todd they sold. is about to tell me that I didn't even give him a free T-shirt. <laughs> no, Thanks. you did. You, you were like, did? you were like, oh, whoa, what do you want a free T-shirt? What? It's like, and it was like, I didn't even take it. I should have, but I, I just felt like, uh, for Clemp, you know. If you're just tuning in, welcome to when I was a dick. On the houndnyc.com featuring me. No, you Chris know. T. I love when people tell me stories about, uh, I met you when you were a real asshole to me. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, oh, you know, uh, but uh, if, 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 you, if you, you know, the whole point about being, you know, in New York, especially in the 80s and all was like, I mean, yeah, no, you know. No better friend than 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 a hardcore dick, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I um, I I had a t-shirt company for a little while. Me and this guy Tim Daly, uh, we put out. I actually made a catalog. It was called uh, was it Lucky Thirteen? I think was the name of the company. Uh -huh. And we had a logo, and we found a. I you know I just I I, I was going through some old publication of patent medicines and I got fascinated by oh, the yeah. labels on the patent medicine bottles and I started thinking that would look cool on a t-shirt and so you know so, uh, Tim who's a fine artist and a scenic painter and also a screen printer I've come to find out he's a screen printer so we went into the screen printing business together and I I mean now when I think about all these companies that are just churning out t-shirts with interesting designs on them that was kind of that was the thing for me Long, long time ago. Maybe I should go back into it. Who knows? But instead, I'm busting my ass doing this store, Todd. That's what I'm doing. You know, at the time, you know, I, I was running St. Mark's Comics. I, I, like, helped build all the St. Mark's stores, Brooklyn, whatever. whatever. But um, I used to read Weirdo Magazine. It was like, you know, R. Crumb's comic magazine. And I remember he had an article about these Chicago products. They were black-oriented but they were like all these tonics and hair Valmore. straighteners. You're thinking of Valmore. Valmore, precisely. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah. That seems like that's what the Rolling Stones stole yeah. for the Some Girls cover. That's like a Valmore wig catalog. Oh, sheesh! I didn't, I didn't know that. You, you know yeah. that esoterica, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They. That's why they had to. I think they got sued because somebody still owned that stuff. <laughs> well, and I that's thought they why... got sued over. Uh, you know, Lucille Ball's image and all that stuff. <laughs> well, that might be too, but I know that Valmore, um, it's somebody still owns the copyright to that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, somewhere I have a Valmore wig catalog. It's really fascinating wow, reading. Yeah. yeah. They they made uh, tonics. They made beauty products. They made yeah, skin uh, stuff to kill flies. I mean, they, they just, they, it's a, it was probably a couple of Jewish fellas just yeah, cranking out stuff. 
for uh, a black audience, essentially. Yeah. It seems uh, they uh, and they and they they did it for many many years, and they were, I think, quite good at it. But yeah, so so what was the the, the Valmore story? By well, the way? I was just thinking that you was t- talking about the image and um, Lucky Thirteen, and I thought maybe you like copped it from that. I don't know. Uh, you know? No, these were uh, the, I, I copped my stuff from people who were long dead and couldn't sue me. I think that's the difference <laughs> yeah, between me and the Rolling Stones. I think. Right. Anyway, is <laughs> I uh, was smart enough not to. Uh, yeah, these were patent medicine bottles from the 1910s, 1920s, that kind of crap. But the long and short of it is, uh, I think like a lot of things in my life, I probably met you through WFMU. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I could trace back uh, so many people who are still friends to this day. I mean, I met my wife through WFMU. So uh, we all, somehow or another, it was a nexus for all of us. And But I didn't know all these things about you. I think the first thing I heard about you, Todd Norlander is my special guest, and we're doing this show around the mm-hmm. laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and was the girlfriend who slammed your hand in the door and you ended up losing a fingertip was yeah. why did you tell me that story well that, that, that I'm was, trying to remember that was why. like my iconic uh, Jonesy story I was uh, you know a bi- big Met fan back in the day and I was I, I was living on 22nd Street and the the boat the ferry to Met's opening day was leaving from right there so I decided to take it and I got on the ferry and they were like Jones and X-Ray. I had already met them a little bit, but, you know, we were on the ferry having a little this and that. And they saw my finger and I told them the story about how my finger had unfortunately been closed in a door. My, I picked it up, tried to put it on ice. My cat jumped up, knocked it off the table and... You know, oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah, yeah it was like your cat a, knocked it off. The, what was yeah, the cat's yeah. name? Uh, that cat was uh, Monkey. Monkey. I know a lot of people who have had cats named Monkey since, but but you know, I put it on ice and she left out the part, Todd, where your girlfriend slammed your finger in the door because she was angry, though. Yeah, she was I mean, angry. It was you know, I have to cop to the fact that it wasn't intentional. I was I was holding up my hands and trying to say, "Calm down, calm down," and she was like. <laughs> Wait, kick, you said calm down door, to a woman? Kick the door. Yeah, yeah. No, no wonder why well, you're yeah, missing your fingertip. And, Dear you know, God. I didn't get my finger out in time, so. But I was talking to Jonesy and X-Ray, and Jonesy gave me the nickname Single Digit, I guess. <laughs> so I, I got, you know. I, I hadn't heard that, but that's, I, yeah. I I probably won't call you that. I'll probably call you Todd, <laughs> if that's okay. Do you yeah, like being thanks. Todd, by the way? Or, or be, yeah, some people, you know, it was like. That name wasn't common when I was a kid, you know. I mean, decades later, Todd Hundley on the Mets and stuff, and um, and uh, well, the only Todd I ever knew growing up was Todd Rundgren. That was about it. So. Yeah, there and weren't I, really any other. Todd. You know, I never liked his music. You know, <laughs> you didn't even like like uh, you know his earlier stuff. Hello, uh, it's the me. Naz, you know? Hello, or, it's me. You know, you know so. what about uh, Utopia? Not a fan of Utopia. No. Oh, crap! I, I listened I listened to that Woodstock 101 station, and uh, the bass player from Utopia, Oosh. Uh, I can't call. It's that. not Yorma, is it? No, no, he was with Hot no, Tuna. No, that's Hot Tuna. Uh, yeah, Hot. 
yeah. Fin Tuna. But uh, um, I don't know. Who, no. Yeah, who was the bass player in Utopia? Was it was it an eight-string bass? Something tells me it was. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. He, I mean, his radio personality is so eight-string. Oh, bass. is he on the the air there? Really? He's on the air. He does. Oh, he, he does he, a show. He does an hour show before Little Stevens. Fuck uh, me, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tune that sucker in. But Maybe we awful. should be listening to that instead of doing this shit. It's an awful. But, but oh, apparently he's like a Woodstock local. So yeah, they, they, they... I, I went up to WDST many many years ago. I was uh, dating a girl in Mount Tramper, and I thought, <laughs> and she lived on Wittenberg Road in a hippie cabin. And I thought, you know, I'll get a job. And I w- I went to uh, Tinker Street. The, the that house is now for sale. On Tinker Street, and I sat down with some guy. This, I, I want to say this is like the late 80s, the early 2000s. I don't really yeah, yeah. remember exactly when it was, but, um, you know, and somehow I thought I was going to talk him into giving me a job. And, and it just, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. I, I hadn't even had like a real professional job in radio yet. I was still basically volunteering my, my time to do a phone in talk show. This show that you're listening to, Aerial View, goes back to. 1989, as a matter of fact. It, uh, it's been around a long time. But then I started getting work actually in radio, and now I'm going to go back to WDST. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm a seasoned <laughs> professional, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> I'm a seasoned professional. If the, the guy from Utopia could have a show, <laughs> then I could have a show. Is that his only claim to fame, or does he do other things? Yeah, Don't well, tell me he gives bass lessons. Don't tell me. No, I, I think he's like better than that. He, he has a name, so he plays with all these... You know, tours with all these other bands. I mean, he has props, but uh... let me give out the number here because maybe somebody out there knows. We got half an hour left in the program. Todd Norlander is the guest. I'll fire up the phone. It's going to be very, very low budget. I don't care. That's my background. That's where Kasim Sultan. Get out of here. You remembered Get out it. Here. I Look remembered. We don't you know, have to have somebody. The last useless piece of information I'm going to volunteer today, but uh, Kasim the... Sultan. You know? Kasim Sultan. And uh, the number here is uh, uh, 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-AV, which is 760-422-5528. The phone is uh, now up and running if you want to call in, and we'll see if that damn thing works. But that uh, area code is in Palm Springs, so don't be surprised <laughs> if somehow it says Palm oh, Springs man. when you die. Hey, look, that's us. Is in Palm Boy, that microphone sounds pretty good in that laptop, doesn't it? Wow, well, that's, that's good. You know? Uh, yeah. Todd Norlander's here. We're, we're finding yeah. out who Todd is. I know. That's what we're trying and, to do. We're trying to find out who I'll, he is. I'll leave here knowing myself. You know. Uh, so w- what else about you? Uh, we, 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 fu- we found out a couple of things. There's the finger story. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was the St. Mark's Comics. You worked for them for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, and you ran the one in Brooklyn. What was it like running a comic book store? It, Royal pain in the ass, I'm guessing. It, it wasn't, you know. No? Uh, it, it was like I was very lucky to to be in like certain renaissances of, you know, cultural uh I don't I don't know how to say but but you know, when I first started at uh St. Mark's Comics on St. Mark's all the you know, Thurston Moore and Vernon Reed would all come in. They were all like big Jack Kirby fans. And, you know, I would be hanging out with my, you know, rock gods, you know, t- talking about Galactus. But then, you know, when I moved to Brooklyn, I set up that store. It was 
a little. It's it's this unique part of Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn Heights. There were like these two major, major St. Anne's and uh, another private school with all these precocious kids. So I started bringing all the the good like Dan Clouds, Peter Bag, you know, R. Crumb, independent comics there, and tried to wean them off of Spider Man and uh, Supergirl. How did you do? really good you know it's 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 i have a cadre of like you know kids who who were like you know weaned on you know alternative culture to buy thanks to metro comics in brooklyn but i I also you know used to keep fmu on the radio constantly and these kids would come in and hear Joe, Joe Belock's show and like, wow, this is great rock and roll. You know, what's what's the radio station? And then they would go home and hear, like, you know, Bryce or, yeah. you know, play, playing They'd hear the store they... club where some guy was <laughs> yeah. playing balloons, yeah. you know, yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. with lots of reverb on it. Or, and they'd go, know. what the hell is this? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Kenny, yeah. Kenny, Kenny G playing CBS FM. Weather reports for three hours. <laughs> like, oh yeah, what a trickster, eh? Uh, yeah, and hello. you know, look, I, I, there were no regularly scheduled talk shows uh, before I came along. By the way, there there were uh, there wasn't that block of programming from six to seven and seven to eight. There weren't one hour shows, so I could lay claim to that anyway. That's my well, claim to fame. You were before seven second delay because it was like yes, th- those two were the ones that were like. You know, I got off at six at my comic store, but I had to stay for seven second delay. And of course, on Friday nights, you know, we were like, "Is the end of the week?" It was we- like a party. <laughs> it was a party, yeah. you know, just like you it is down here. Mother. You've got your beer, I've got mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was, um, and you know, it wasn't only the people who worked in the store. I had like kids because there was nothing else in Brooklyn Heights, so all these like precocious kids would come out. And you know, hang out in the store, and you know, just even listening to the intro Shop to your lift. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, did you ever see anyone like sticking a comic book down the front of their trousers or anything? You oh shit! Anything? More than that, man. Really? I, I used to catch lot lots of thieves. It was like, what'd you do with them when you caught them? Take them in the know, back and you know, beat them? Uh, no, it was like, I I can remember there was one scam. You know, this one guy came up to me. We usually ran the store with just about two people, although it was a large store and this guy was asking me all these questions and I, I knew something was wrong he was and meanwhile his you know crew were like shoving all these like, you know card cover graphic novels and stuff up there and and I, I, I you know I, I caught on and they started to leave and just started walking up the block and I knew they had like I mean, these hardcover books were 25 bucks a piece, so they were, each had like about $100 worth of stuff. And I saw... So there goes $400 walking up the yeah. block? So I'm walking Montague Street. This is one of, you know, one block from the Brooklyn courthouses. And I see a policewoman, and I was like, uh, the, these guys right right over there, they're, they're stealing all the stuff from my store. If we, you know, we, we can catch them if we just run. And she goes, I'm not running nowhere for nobody. And it's like... Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sorry, officer. You know. <laughs> so, uh, so they got away with the graphic novel. Yeah. You know, I, I, I busted a lot of people. I bust, I busted 
more people that I really knew. And that was hard, you know. It was like these cats would come in and they were really friendly. And I, I knew they were good people. And they would steal from you? How well, dare you know, they? Well, you know, I think they thought it was like, uh, you know, stealing from the man. You know, they weren't stealing from me. Yeah. And they were cool with me. But You're kind of very far yeah. from the man. Yeah, I know. As far as so. I'm concerned. Todd Norlander's here with us. And uh, we're drilling down, finding out about his uh, life. Uh, wh what else have you done for a living besides uh, be shoplifted from? Oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, my last iteration in, in uh, New York City, I was an art handler. And I went from just a guy who, like, puts a couple of pictures on the wall to, like, you know, major, uh, you know, multi-million dollar didn't you say you were in beyonce's house at some point yeah Jay -Z and yeah beyonce's I, I used to go there often you know i never met her or jay-z they had a they had a loft um in trebecca just two blocks below canal street and they collected a lot of a lot of uh black american artists a lot of basquiat and stuff and must be nice to be that wealthy yeah oh they they had a beautiful place but I never met them. They all have art consultants, so I'd go in there with the art consultant. But, you know, I got to sit down and play a few notes on Beyonce's white piano. Did Beyonce know <laughs> you played her white piano? No, I know. That would, I know. That would go over too well. But, but, but so were you, was it sculpture as well? Because one oh, of yeah. my friends, the late Jim Moffat, he was, he was an art handler and he had to do a lot of sculpture and moving sculpture around always oh. struck me as like really nerve-wracking i'm not sure I oh you know i i did it all i moved like and i've seen like disasters too you know i've moved like these you know sixth century buddhas and stuff but i've also seen like there were a lot of like companies that just it used to be a you know occupation where you had to have had to be really you know care about it but like yeah, and, and be knowledgeable about art. Did that? I yeah, mean, did, you, just, did they want art majors to move no, the art? Or no, did you have to just? just it, it had to be certain conscientiousness. But uh, but at, when the art scene heated up, all these you know companies came out, and I saw like horrible stuff. Uh, you know, people with these you know Buddhas that were like a thousand years old. You know, trying to wheel them on dollies into the truck and they fall off and they smash i mean these things have lasted you know through the ages i don't mean to laugh it's, yeah. it, it's it's just so yeah. fucked up i mean yeah. that you're right that thing lasted how many millennia right, and right. then some douche that they hired from outside of the home depot is like oops Precisely. sorry <laughs> smash I, I remember being at christie's and there was like this renaissance madonna painting that was from the 16th century and this guy had this uh Osiris Egyptian uh, sculpture right next to it and I turn around the next second and Osiris has pierced the Madonna you know so it's like you know one 16th century painting destroyed and oh well uh, uh, oh, speaking well. of destroying things I'm knocking things down here we're in that cave at 106 Partition Street I'll be open Again, this weekend, and uh, Saturday and Sunday, noon to 5 p.m. is when you can come down here, if you like. And uh, I think next weekend, Memorial Day weekend, actually will be open on Friday as well. So that'll be cool. It'll be uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday down here at that cave. Uh, again, Todd Norlander is my 
guest. The show got off to a little bit of a rocky start, but we're uh, now we're cooking with gas, as yeah, they man. like to say. So uh, we are uh, talking about your life and what uh, yeah. you've done in your life. This and, is your life. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you f- the more you find out about people, they uh, they have layers like onions, you know. Just yeah, like an onion. I know. Have you ever been described as being like an onion? Nah. Well, Never? you know. Not ever? I used to eat a lot of garlic, and my father called me out on it. But uh. <laughs> Yeah. Dads, that's what dads do. Yeah. They call you out on that stuff. Is he still around, your old man? No. no? Uh, he he lived to 86, but he passed, you know, the age of 86, but he passed away a while ago. But I have his genetics, so I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for at least 86, maybe 90. You know. Well, you have retired, haven't you? Are yeah. You, and you're living up here in Socrates. What was that move about? Oh, yeah. the, 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 the main problem was I I lived in the East Village for many, many, many years on 10th Street between 1st and A, right across the street from the Russian Turkish baths. I got married, whatever. I had moved to 22nd Street. You know, right off of First Avenue near Sky Town. I'm sorry, but, I'm dropping art while you're talking. Yeah. Oh, oh there goes that uh, Buddha. But uh, my building was really cool. It was like uh, in the basement was Wharton Tears. I, I'm sure you know Wharton Tears, the famous producer, drummer for Theoretical Girls. Uh, he had a studio, Fun City, in the basement. So I'd already recorded there with a couple of bands, and my apartment on 22nd Street was right above Wharton Tears Studio. So you know, I'd, I'd be chilling out in the summer and hear, you know, Helmet recording the new album. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! And, and uh... What could be more fun than that? Yeah, I know. Just what do you want to hear all the time? No, but I actually loved it because I, I love loud rock and roll. And Lee Ronaldo used to live down the hall. And Jay Massis lived above me. And it was like a rock and roll building. But then my building was sold to this, like, predatory... Landlord Mark Schaffman, say his name, say his name. Mm. And uh, first thing he did was kick out Wharton Tier Studios, which should have like a brass plaque there because so many important records, you know, the first four Sonic Youth albums, the Pussy Galore, John Spencer, I don't know. So, so much great stuff was recorded there. And he, he just kicked out the studio and Wharton Tears. And, and since I was rent stabilized he did everything he could to t- kick me out of the building and he wasn't and, able to well he was he uh, eventually he, he, yeah. he like did all these he's he was a type of landlord who who would buy like an eight-story building and do repairs on the elevator for you know <laughs> six months so like all the the, the rent controlled you know altacockers upstairs could, couldn't get down and and he did stuff like he he changed all the plumbing in my apartment, changed all the electricity. Just he did everything he could to legally harass me, and so I finally took a buyout. But uh, I found out that I, I I couldn't afford with the with the money I was making at that point. I just couldn't afford to live anywhere else in New York anymore. You know. Yeah. When I maybe now with the pandemic, it's bringing the price of rents down. Well, that's you know? it. You know, should I go back? I don't know. You know. But you like it here. I mean, I you're do always like on it here. Facebook talking about how friendly the place is and how it's a you know like a village it is a village but it's how how you have these random encounters with people and i i it does seem like a a supportive community yeah you know i, ne- I never thought i'd 
leave Manhattan or the Lower East Side. It's my heart is still there, but I just seem to, you know, find a community wherever I go. It's I'm not shy and just the Saugerties is really cool. I have to tell you, I when I first moved out of New York, I moved to Woodstock, and that it it was cold and just not really a community it was really you know a tourist destination and yeah but uh so i get the same feeling from the place i mean it's it's a cute looking place and yeah, you, yeah. And, and when wandering along tinker street is pleasant enough um but it, it uh, first of all it's got a little too much hippie stink for me yeah that's yeah, number yeah, yeah. one and uh, you know whereas hippies are I, I don't i'm not here to beat up on hippies right because i no. think punks and hippies have a lot in common yeah um, they, they both they have a DIY aesthetic. Maybe it's different drugs. <laughs> there, there, there are, th- but there, it's. I'm not trying. I'm not here to. Uh, but if I never saw a, uh, an old white dude in tie dye ever again, I'd be very happy. I'd be okay with that. If you ever see me wearing tie dye, no, it means no. I have a brain injury. <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm just saying. It means I really. Like they've removed part of my brain. If you've ever seen me in tie dye, well, you know that's that's what you know the 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 Woodstock stalwarts, Todd Rundgren, and then like John Sebastian. <laughs> you see photos of John Sebastian, and everything was tie dye. Yeah, and I never liked his music. You know, hot you know, hot hot time. Summer in the city is a great song, but right. the rest of his stuff is like I know people I, who would probably punch you in the face. For well, saying, you know, um, John Sebastian. He's got some interesting stories too. He's an interesting guy. I mean, yeah. like he lived in a building with I forget who the hell it was, some famous communist or something. But we're not here to talk about John. Sebastian. No, no, no. Let's but, talk about you. What about music in your life? You played music. Were you in bands and I was, I was, yeah, bass guitar and uh, eight string bass, twelve string bass. How many? No, how many strings? only four string bass. I had this white bass I called the toilet seat. But I played. Uh, you know, when I came to New York, I I started playing. Well, I had this band, Knockout James, and we were like hard hardcore, but kind of punky looking. So we never got to play the hard hardcore hardcore matinees or anything. But then I had this other band I'd started, Sync Rock. It was like all my own songs, and I was into Sonic Youth, The Swans, Live Skull, all all the all the arty, noisy bands and. Sort of and, abrasive, uh, more yeah, abrasive music. Yeah, yeah, and um, make the fillings dance in your teeth. <laughs> yeah, 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 just play loud and and repetitive, uh, pounded India, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and that that band was great. We had our big with that my noise band. One I wrote written all the songs. We had our CB's debut. I think the Swans were going to be playing, and the night before, the bass player for my van band caught the drummer like shoot shooting up in his apartment and he was like i won't have this i won't have this and yeah uh, hmm. you know it was why why won't he have it we're playing well, tomorrow at cbgb's what's I wrong know, with you i know and, and it seemed like it was my gig and i just wanted wait this... you didn't play bass in this band the, uh... no i played guitar oh, okay and sang yeah. my yeah. Fen- fender mustang nice and uh yeah so that... any recordings of any of these bands yeah i do you know uh my 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 punk band, Knockout James, punk hardcore band has been digitalized. But my my noisy band, all those songs I wrote called Sync. I, what was it called? Yeah, Sync. Sync. It was Sync Rock, but Sync, Sync. Rock. but just S I N K, not like S I N, not yeah. like N Sync. Yeah. yeah, 
but uh, I've never digitalized those tapes. I have them. I hope hope the cassettes still exist. I would do that before too much longer. I know it was. I mean, I think. What if you recorded over there? What if it's like somehow <laughs> no. answer machine tapes that you know. listen to? It's like Todd called me back. I haven't. I got some news for you. <laughs> I don't know who that would be. Does that yes. sound like anybody you know? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah. Todd Norlander is here with us. We've got about another uh, 11 minutes in this program, but we, you know, we're going to go over. We're going to keep going just because it took 11 minutes to get the program started. So we're going to go over 11 minutes. We're going to extend is what we're going to do. How's that sound to you? Yeah, it sounds good. Work so, for you? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, you know, it's like uh, I I firmly like caught every show I could catch when I first moved to New York in the early 80s and I saw the Nihilistics oh yeah a lot oh and you, yeah you were part of them but uh like h- how long in uh you know to to, to 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 what year because I don't know if I saw you or oh my I, god my wife just sent me this they just did a story in the New York Times about Socrates New York look at that oh no May 19th there I go <laughs> May 19th this is two days ago how come I didn't see oh, this oh no the Ulster County town with its quaint village has attracted creative urban transplants for decades with the promise of new beginnings oh my god how come you weren't interested in this I, where I mean, am I going to move in next this. <laughs> holy shit well, wait a minute. I stopped the presses. Stopped the show. I, I'm just scrolling through this to see if you're mentioned. No. You're not I, mentioned I, in here. No, I, I can't imagine I would be. But, uh, All right, you know. I'm going to send so this that to gives, you. gives me a chance. I will. Oh, shit. Does this mean people are going to start buying up houses here now? Yeah, you know. It's, oh, I signed a year lease, so okay. I, I at least have a year to, like, be a star in Sorgates before, uh, you know, they kick me out of here. Yeah. Before they make it unaffordable. I'm oh, uh, sorry. Uh, the the Nihilistics ran from roughly, I want to say, like me and Mike started playing together probably the last year of high school. So 1979, 1980 would really be the genesis of the band. And then I think I was out by 1984, 1985. Oh, so, so then yeah. I must have seen you with them. I mean, somebody recently posted this uh, thing about, you know, Toller American Hall, where those nihilistics played with like the Beasties and the Reagan Youth. Yeah, and that was one of like the earliest shows I remember seeing. And um, so I guess he was still playing with them. Yeah, I was there until uh, the point at which uh, these, you know, Mike and Ron, the singer. By the way, I think they're playing a show this weekend. Ron, they is still are. Running they're playing the top of the square. Yeah, I know. With Troy, the drummer. Um, but he, at some point, they decided the thing to do would be to add a lead guitarist and they uh, they they wanted to recruit we I think the person they had in mind was Ron's brother who uh, if memory serves played like a BC rich warlock and I didn't feel like we were a five piece band I didn't want to be in a five piece band I didn't want to have a lead guitar player and so yeah yeah so I I didn't think that that would be a thing that I wanted to uh, go do, so I didn't do it. So uh, that's the that, that's the that's the story of the nihilistics. Uh, let's see what else it says in this Sargates. Now I want to read the Sargates article. For fifty-one years, Johanna Hall has been living in Sargates, a Hudson River town, a hundred miles north of New York City, brushed with forests, dotted with hamlets, and cradling cradling a quaint village with shoulder-to-shoulder Victorians. 
She calls her home on four acres in West Sargates, the house that Janice built, because she and her then-partner John Hall bought it with money earned from writing a song for Janice Joplin. Wow. I didn't know that. Uh, look at that. So, yeah, Woodstock was really very expensive, blah, blah, blah. I got, I'm, Todd, I'm really going to have to see what this article does. I mean, if people come in the store this weekend and start mentioning this article, Oy. I don't know. It seems like uh, in terms of timing, uh, my timing is always off with stuff like this. Like if maybe if we had thought about moving up here five years ago, who knows? Might have even found a bargain. But nowadays... <laughs> Look, they even have houses for sale and the prices of the houses. Oh, you know. But. Sheesh. Yeah. What are you going to (laughs) do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, look, there's even the place where we had my wife's uh, surprise birthday party. The Dutch is in there. Oh, the Dutch. Okay. There you go. Which is probably like the, you know, yuppie ain't in a word anymore, but that's that's the most, you know, uh, not to, but. Ugh, you know. I think it'll be fine. It'll be. I think fine. it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Damn it! I mean, I already been through this in the, in the Lower East Side. We tried. You know, you, you can talk about the Tompkins Square police riot, but we were really happy when when that whole thing happened and brought down the property values for several years. And you know, the East Village was not a choice place to live until it was. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we need a riot this summer. <laughs> it's like Yogi Berra said. It, it's so popular, no one goes there anymore. No, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I just read that quote recently. Yeah. It's a, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. The article in the New York Times. Oh, I read it in uh, the Times all the time. I, I missed I, I, that. I, didn't, I missed it, too. I didn't see it. I don't read the real estate section anymore because it pisses me off. It tends to piss me off. Well, you know, I, I saw an article about like Hudson County in general, uh, was becoming hot, but I haven't seen specifically Saugerty, so ugh, this is a bummer. Uh, you, now that uh, we've bummed everybody out yeah, with man. that, now it's it's fine. Let's talk a little bit more about you. So, what is next for you? We uh, you, we talked about your early years a little bit, and what do you mean you were on the Dick Cavett show? And the, what, what else did you? No, say? no, no. I, I was just, I was just. Uh, was say, that some kind like, of joke? It was a dream, to, you know. To, I've met Dick Cavett, but I, you know, to be on the Dick Cavett show or the Uncle Floyd show, we're like, ah, you know. But your aerial view, I probably listened to more than either of those cats, and uh, so this is special to me. But um. uh, well, thank you for that. And someday I'll actually I'll have you on when everything's actually working. But, yeah, well, uh, everyone everyone can hear <laughs> us, and that's all that matters. I mean, I've done shows under worst conditions. Believe me. So this is nothing, and uh, you and I both have the gift of gab, so that's fine. It'll, yeah. We'll just keep talking until we run out of time. By the way, we've got, uh, oh, another 15 minutes here with Todd Norlander. If you do want to call and say hello, the phone lines are open at 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. So Art Handler, uh, St. Mark's Comics, what else? Well, you, let me, let me throw out a plug because I, I just ran out and- Ran into this cat I know from town. He runs this like, uh, it's this political theater music group called Arms in the Sea. They've been around in Saugerties for a long time. Two years ago, before COVID, I saw them do a show. They do it down in this old, with old abandoned factory, the old uh, Diamond Mills uh, paper factory down by the water, Esopus, uh 
They want to open the Tidewater Center there. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're currently exactly. fundraising for that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I was talking to this cat, and he said he would t- he had talked to you about um, albums or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came in here. I think uh, I was also on a Chamber of Commerce meeting, and he, and he was part no, of that. No, that, yeah, that, yeah. that's precisely where he said he'd yeah. talk to you. But, uh, but they, you know, they, they were sort of a le- lefty political, you know, puppet. Because like, they care about the environment? Theater. Why? Yeah, Why? I, what, I know. That makes them lefty. I, I love know. it. I, I love know. it. You know <laughs> what they're doing to the, you know, down by the creek. But, but it just seems like a good good venue. They they need musicians. So, um, this not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, the Saugerties, uh Fruit Fair Farmers Market opens, and I'm going to be with Arms on the Sea. Performing music and I, I don't know. You, we have to rehearse, and you know I don't know what exactly what we'll be doing. Well, but. I, you know, an interesting town to me too. If we're to, going back to the Sargates conversation, it's an interesting town because there is uh, there's like two Sargates. There's the one where it's fairly diverse and kids are coming in from Bard, and there's uh, all kinds of people coming down the stairs into my store. And then there's the other one with lots of uh, angry dudes in really massive pickup trucks <laughs> screaming around town. And it, and it, and I, I thought of this when I, I was reading about Ford introducing that electric F-150, which, I mean, to me, it should be called the E-150, but it's called Lightning. And I thought the fatal flaw in this thing with Ford, it doesn't make any noise. And you can't roll coal on a Prius. <laughs> so then my friend Kirill, I was talking to my friend Kirill today, and she said they need to, Ford needs to sell the shock and awe package where it would be like simulated black smoke coming out of the, the uh, exhaust. Right. So if a Prius pulls up behind you, you can right. roll coal. And it would have like speakers that would simulate any kind yeah. of exhaust you wanted. Yeah. You could have the exhaust of a, you know, a jet fuel dragster if you want. Yeah, it's just a car equivalent of putting like baseball cards on your bicycle, you know. Because I just, just make I, a lot of noise. Yeah, I can't picture one of these guys getting in one of those and be like, "It's <laughs> there's no sound coming out of it." I, I don't know. get it. I know. Because I think these guys live. They're part of the their raison d'etre is to annoy somebody else. Like if they could annoy somebody else with their mere presence. By making a lot of noise. There was a guy. I was in Coney Island on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. I went to see my friend Dick Ziggin there at Coney Island, USA. <laughs> yeah, cool. Wish him a happy birthday. There was a guy there. It had to be the loudest stereo I'd ever heard in a Jeep. <laughs> like, this guy was easily six or eight blocks away, and you could clearly hear the music that he was playing out of this thing. Every F word and N word that was coming out of it, and it was so loud that I was crossing the street with with Dick and his and his girlfriend Jen, and we couldn't hear each other as we were trying to talk to each other. This car was six or eight blocks away, and we could not hear each other. And all I kept thinking was like, how come that guy's not getting like some kind of concussion from the volume of the music? Right, I mean, right. he, he's got to be doing some sort of injury to himself. With the, how could he stand it, Todd? Well, wait, tonight, and maybe tonight, there's a parade in town. It's like the, uh, you know, 2021 graduates of Saugerties High School. They're going to walk through town. Last year, they came, you know, drove through town in cars. But all the fire departments from around here, Lake Katrine, you know, Saugerties and stuff, 
they come in the parade and they come down the middle of Main Street. You know, Main Street is only three-story buildings, but it's solid, you know, city-ish. And they all turn on the sirens and blow their horns. And it's like... A, That's tonight? That's going to happen tonight? Yeah. It's, oh, it's, my God. It's a... Co- Cophony, you can't even believe it's yeah. just like so loud, louder than ACDC or and they're celebrating Oneida that or... they graduated high school. Is that what they're celebrating? I don't know. Oh. Like last summer, there were so many like celebrations of graduating from high school, and like <laughs> everybody puts the pictures of their their seniors, uh, you know, on the front lawn. It's kind of weird, you know. Really, it, it was like I was, you know, one and done out of high school, and I, you know, it was not the the, the I'm through with you, high life. school. I know. Yeah. Like, but the, here it's apparently... The night of my high school prom, I was sweeping up at the bakery where I worked. Uh, me and Chris Matheson, we <laughs> danced with our brooms. We were like, oh, we're oh. not at the prom. Ha, ha, ha. And we were secretly, we were dying inside. We were like, uh, oh, I guess we're not at the prom. Oh, well. Wow, this has been uh, a lot of fun talking to you, Todd. Uh, yeah, for a I little think while. We've hardly during... touched on stuff. You know? Well, we got more time because, like I said, we started late. So, uh, what else should we talk about? What haven't we touched upon that we should uh, talk about right now? Well, you know, I mean, since I'm here, I'm not a shopper. I don't, you know, yes. look for stuff that I need. But coming coming to your place, it's just like. I'm a gog, you know. I see, see see stuff. Oh, a map of Roanoke, Virginia. Yeah, I really want to want to want to look at that. Oh yeah, uh, I, I did a center display, which is kind of the American road trip. So there's a bunch yeah. of model cars and uh, scale model cars and different kinds of brochures from the 1920s, 1930s, uh, from state parks and all over the United States to remind people what it was like before we thought we were going to die simply right. by interacting with. <laughs> fellow americans so that i i think uh what i've what i've been reading is that people are now starting to travel a lot more get on planes a lot more and maybe you saw this you were just traveling and by the way coming back from ecuador sounded like a nightmare you told that story like how they hijacked you for 150 bucks for a covid test before they would let you get on the plane it was it was my stupidity uh it usually is yeah i know thank you uh my girlfriend later looked it up and you know, even though I I have you know my my Vax card and I was able to get into Ecuador to come back in the U.S., even if you got the Vax card and stuff, they still require a uh, COVID test taken three days before you fly. So I was I was you know online to get on the plane and like oh you need a COVID test and you have to go here and you can take the cab to get there from here. And, uh, but you know, we're in the COVID lockdown, so you might not be able to, uh, it was, so this is something you're saying you probably should have known before you got to the airport. I, and perhaps I, I, I'll come you to were... the fact that, that, yeah, I should have known that I did need that because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I do know now and I've heard it a lot. So, um, Oh, I, I love those Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're some of my favorite. Uh, Todd Norland is here with us. Um, so, Ecuador, are you going to go back? Is she going to come at, here? Um, Did you guys become a couple uh, while gr- you were my down girlf- there? We became a couple. My well, girlfriend. It's funny because is- earlier you called her f- your friend, and now it's girlfriend. Well, so. you know, it's, it's mm. just like it is what it is. But, mm. but yeah, mm. she's coming up to visit probably at the end of June. So, uh, you will certainly come to meet her and 
her daughter Teresina, little, little charmer, and um, sounds very nice. And uh, you know, we got to figure out what to do. It, it's I I like. Next thing things. you know, the New York Times will run an article on Ecuador yeah, living in Ecuador. You want to live in Ecuador? Yeah. You know, I I, I love libra- <laughs> libraries and uh, you know certain amenities that we have here in the states, but living down there was very <laughs> very peaceful and. You know, you I know, realize everyone here moves at an ungodly pace. Like everybody, like I. I wouldn't mind a place where, you know, life was a little, ran a little slower. People were a little more content to not do anything. I think Americans have always had this. Well, first of all, I'm not a fan of the Puritan work ethic. I, I, no. I used to hate when people would say to me, I haven't taken a vacation in 10 years. I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why wouldn't you take a vacation? I mean, what, what you know, and they would be proud of how they were working themselves to death. And that, that they didn't take a day off all week long. And I'd be, I would be like, maybe in my heart, I'm like, I'm like Latinx. Maybe, maybe, is that what, I mean, maybe, I maybe I want a siesta in the middle of the day. Maybe I don't want to work until my balls fall off. Maybe you know? folks just, just have nothing better to do. It's, it's like, I always heard about people retiring and like, oh, you know, I could have retired at 65, but I worked till 75 because, you know, this is what I always loved. And it's like. Hells no! As soon as, as soon as I found out I could retire at yeah. sixty-three, and my Social Security, which I earned over the years, was enough to—it wouldn't have supported me in New York City, but it certainly does up here. And it's like, yeah, man, I got plenty I want to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I believe in staying productive, but I don't think that sure. means necessarily working. I mean, you could be productive, you could be volunteering, you could be doing all sorts of things. It doesn't mean. That you're knocking your brains out trying to work 10 hours a day. You know, I this has been a real pivot for me. This, the idea of this store, we don't know yet. I don't know yet if this is going to be a side hustle, if it's going to be an actual income. Right, right, right. It's too early to tell. The, the returns are not in yet. But I like being my own boss. I like the joy I see on people's faces when they connect with something they didn't know they were going to find in here, and they walk out with it. That brings me joy. I like getting rid of stuff because I think as we all age, we want <laughs> yeah, to yeah. have less stuff and be responsible for less stuff. And so that's always good. Somebody is calling me who doesn't know I'm on the air, and they're from Buffalo. Should I take this call? Sure. Let's see who it Put is. Put them on the air. Hello? Hi, this is calling i'm a friend of todd's i just wanted to call and say hi because i was listening to the radio show hey i is uh anna hey man <laughs> thanks i'm glad you listened to we have we had uh uh some false starts but uh cool man yeah we'll have todd back don't you worry are you actually in buffalo or does your phone live in buffalo uh, no, Anna, Anna is a friend of. You were talking about the. Sh- you were talking about your shop, and I just wanted to call in and kind of give a plug to it because my friend and I were in there probably about two weeks ago. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah, I remember talking to somebody. Yeah. Who, yeah, who you said you were from Buffalo, and I told yeah. you the story of how I was in Buffalo on nine eleven. Yeah, that's where I happened to be. Yes. At the oh, Lauren Amherst Motor Hotel. Yes. Oh my God, so insane. Um, no, Anna yeah, so picked up some. 
Oh, Anna, tell me I charged you enough for it. I think I probably gave it to you for almost nothing. Tells me. Oh, dear God. Todd just spit out his drink when he heard that. The King Brothers. The King Brothers. Yeah, Japanese sort of like rockabilly rock band. Yeah, really good band. I just just want to say, like, Anna is a great singer. You know, we we used to work together at the Hippie Grocery in um, Woodstock, Sunflower, and, uh, you know. Oh, Christ, it sounds like everybody's worked there. How many people have I talked to that work there? But, uh, They'll hire anybody. She's Apparently. a great, great singer. We, you know, we we did did like karaoke at our you know, sunflower Christmas parties. But uh, Anna, Friday nights we're starting a uh, open mic here at uh, Rock the Casbar in the corner of uh, Main and Partition. So I'm going to be there oh, this yeah, Friday so cool. and come, man. You know, it's like wow. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I have guitars. I'll bring a guitar. Fridays, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I want to do something like that down here in the store too. Uh, I was at Spike's Record Rack in Catskill today. I hate to tell him what I sold that record for. I probably should keep my mouth shut. I don't think I should say. I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad you connected with it, though. That's see. That's what I was talking about. The idea of someone leaving here. Yeah, and we also found. Oh my God, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, Sloth. There's this cassette tape by the guys who originally wrote "Feed My Frankenstein," which Alice Cooper covered. I didn't realize that Alice Cooper wasn't the original writer of that song. Oh wow! Who was that then? I who who. Uh, hey, hang on a second. Let me find the Anna has it somewhere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I want to it's see. Right over here. Yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. see okay, Spike in so Tasco. Mind warp. Or, no, not King Mind warp. Zodiac, Zodiac Mind warp. Mind warp. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. See, I have good taste. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm. Yeah, I guess you do. It was a good find. Well, tell more people about coming into the store and the great stuff you found here, Anna. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll see you at the open mic. Yeah, man. Can't Let's, wait. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll do it. Okay, All right. Thanks for um, uh, being on the show, Todd. Sure. See, see you, Anna. I don't know why I said that. But. <laughs> uh, we'll have Todd back, too. Don't you worry. There's a lot of more stories out of Todd. Um, yeah, one of the things I want to do, you know, once we are sort of on the, fully on the yeah, other side yeah, yeah. of the pandemic is to uh, do more kind of events in the store. I have an idea for one called... Uh, slideshow and and the idea behind slideshow is I have all these old vacation slides with people in them and some of them are unintentionally funny so I want to project the slides and then have three comedians uh, make up stories about the slide and whoever makes up the best stories wins something essentially yeah I think that could be entertaining no right that's so funny because my father took all my old vacation photos you know, I went across the country twice in like 67 and 69 when I was a kid, a tenant. But all the photos are slides, and I don't have a projector anymore. You know, it's like not like I could, I could They're look They're not at, hard to get. We'll get you one. Yeah, I know. Bring but, them down here. We'll yeah, look at them. Yeah. Make up stories. <laughs> Why not? I know. Yeah, I have a screen. I, if anyone out there has got uh, like the carousel, the famous carousel oh, projector yeah. from Mad Men, yeah. you know, if you want to do the Don Draper speech, <laughs> it's okay too. It's one of my favorite episodes of Mad Men, you know. When he, when well, they used to use that, and the, the AV squad would come in and show the... I was in the AV squad. <laughs> yeah, of course. I was actually, uh, I, I was the guy with the card. I'd roll it into the classroom and show the goddamn Show the film. carousel of... What, whatever it was, I would do yeah. it, yeah. And Aerial View, that's one of the reasons it's AV, Aerial View. Oh, shit. because of the AV squad. Yeah. I, you could say shit. Uh, if, We're not, I, I, the FCC yeah. has nothing to do with this. I know. I just, I, if anyone from the Socrates Chamber of Commerce is listening, we apologize. Yeah, it's been a lot yeah. of bad language on I this said, program. Shh. We said um, we said all of them. 
Uh, Todd Norlander has been the guest here on Aerial View. Thank you so much, and, Chris. This uh, has been again, I'm sorry, really you know, with all the technical technical difficulties to start. But next time you're down here, everything will be working and <laughs> working well. And uh, this show will replay on Tuesday once I fix it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between now and then, at some point when I have time, I'll turn it into a podcast. The podcast available at Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and sometimes SoundCloud. Can, well. can, can you make me a cassette tape? I could probably do that. I'm one of the few people who could actually put it on cassette, if that's what you oh, yeah, want. Yeah, no. I'm... I went out to the Delaware River last week just to buy a couple of cassette decks because kids keep asking for cassette decks. The kids, they want turntables <laughs> and cassette decks. And I got I got some of those in the store. So come on right. down. We're opening in this Saturday and Sunday, cool. noon to 5 p.m. The shop is under Pop Vintage at 106 Partition Street. It is uh, always a pleasure to uh, to be here in Socrates and to sit down for a little while and talk to Todd. What song do you want to go out with? Let me see if I have it. Name a song. We'll play oh, something. God. What do you name a band? Name a Flipper. Who did, Way of the World. Flipper? You think I have some Flipper on uh, me? I don't know. But, wow, that would know. be that would be a tall order. Ugh. Well, then, uh, here we go. What do you think of that? I, it's it's close, you know. To, that totally this is not the flipper you had in mind. <laughs> oh no! They call him Flipper, Flipper, faster than lightning. No one you see is smarter than he. He's in tune now. He called Flipper, Flipper, Yeah. yeah you All right. Don't forget the Hound Howl on Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And then followed by Crashing the Party, Do-Up, Chop Shop of the Air with uh, Mark and Miriam. Thanks again, Todd. Yeah, man. Smarter than he, and we know Flipper lives in a 